Canada's queer major. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. And both of us are a little bit under the weather, but for very different reasons. Yes, I'm more evidently, my voice is all over the shop today. <laughs> I mean, what I woke up today with my voice in the, sounding like utter garbage. Yeah. And I was like, you know what you should do? You should talk for an hour on a radio show. That's the <laughs> advice that you should follow. And it, it was a combination of a, a, a spending a week in a house filled with children. So, of course. Oh, yeah, that's right. Three weeks. Three so of course, weeks. Yes. You're, you're, you're covered in uh, hand jam uh, because that is just the nature of living with small children. Uh, plus trying to talk over them. So you've got rough voice. Yeah. It was and funny because my mom was like, why are you always sick? And I'm like, I've only been sick twice. Right. In the last year, very mm -hmm. cautious because of the whole panorama that's going on. Mm -hmm. And I said, on both of those occasions, I have been in this house <laughs> <laughs> with kids going to daycare, kids going to school. Yeah. Uh, you know, my mother fosters. So there's a usually a, yeah, my my nephew was there and my niece was there. It's just mm -hmm. so many, you know, vectors of disease in and out of the house. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I'm just like really tired. I have. Uh... I've gotten a new job and uh, depending on how things go, they may want me to move to Montreal. So I've, I've been going through boxes and boxes and boxes, throwing things out three garbage bags yesterday alone of just like, why am I keeping this? Why do I still have this? And mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, I will have to say this. I watched a lot of old movies while I was packing. Oh. All right. Um, I had a good chuckle earlier this week as mm -hmm. uh, there is, uh, we follow a number of Reddits and also sometimes journalists are lazy, including us. And we look at what's popular on Reddit. And one of them, which has done very well in the last little while, is on slash uh, LGBT, mm -hmm. so the LGBT uh, thread. They said, what does LGBTQIA stand for? Wrong answers only, mm -hmm. um, because I keep seeing these uh, anime reddits that, uh, I follow. Um, so yeah, starting off with, let's get battered tempura quietly in alleyways. So <laughs> Sebastian, if you didn't know what LGBTQIA stood for, mm -hmm. what would you think it stood for? I mean, I, I don't know if I could come up with an acronym on the spot, but that sounds like a security council of some kind, like the, the IA, like the A stands for association. Anything that like ends with international A. International agency. Yeah. 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 I like it. So some of my favorites that turned up, one of them is just a grocery list. Yeah. I'm going to need lettuce, gooseberries, broccoli, tomato, quince, ilama, and asparagus. That actually sounds like a delicious salad. That, that's a that's a good salad. That's a hearty salad. It's kind you of know. Roman. The uh, the Romans believe that quince is an aphrodisiac, but they also thought that quince tasted disgusting. It's it's this weird, fun thing that uh, history has. There's one here for the uh, for the Hispanic community, uh -huh. um, which is LGBTQIA could mean let's go back. This quinceanero is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the amphibian one. Which one's the amphibian one? Oh yes. Lovers of geckos, boas, and turtles questioning their interest in axolotls. Yes, or I questioning like that one. interest in axolotls. But the one, I think, the winner that actually probably would be painted on someone was the garbage bin one. 
Yes, large garbage bins take quantity into account. Yeah, there you so go. So if yeah. you're ever wondering about <laughs> what LGBTQIA stands for, it is large garbage bins take quantity into account. Uh, yeah. Actually, I mean, there's some that are a little bit more on the nose. Let's go bang topless queens in aprons. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what it stands for anyway. You know, Aprons? Yeah. Oh. It needs the A in there, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, apron is the uh, old English term for... Uh, well, actually, no, other way around. Nappy is the old English term for apron. I quite like, let's go buy tiny quiches in Asda. We don't really have as done Canada, though. No, I mean, on no. Amazon, maybe. Let's go buy tiny quiches. In, I mean, in Amazon, doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really work, yeah. We don't have any A-based uh, yeah. chain stores, yeah. Oh, there well. used to be Zellers, the Bay. No, but Asda's more like Loblaws, isn't it? Yeah, and one of them actually just sounds like a very confusing drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll take a latte, grande, Buttercup tiramisu, quattro iced almond milk, please. For Cheryl. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Some of them are, are quite uh, quite entertaining. Some of them are, are not so much. But yes, I, I did giggle when I saw, uh, let's get better trivia questions, including apples. Including apples, yeah. Because the lack of apple-based trivia is what's holding up everybody here. So Although for us, just... for, for, the, for the, the big gay quiz of the year that we do at the end of every year, we never do sports. So if we had, <laughs> we don't. No, including we don't. athletics. Sometimes we it would be do. Let's, let's get better trivia questions, including athletics, actually. <laughs> I like that. That's going to be our LGBTQIA from now on. Let's get better trivia questions, including athletics, because we miss that out um, in in our big gay quiz of the year. Uh, wow, what a what a bit of a roller coaster! So let's mm. jump into some gay news uh, so far. A little while ago, we were talking to folks about how um, uh, Stephanie Evans bitten. And her wife in uh, the summer of 2021, that's where we're at, were talking about a Guelph medical imaging organization and essentially said this individual posts terrible things about the gay community. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go there. Go elsewhere for your imaging. It's, it's sad that one of the only imaging centers is run by somebody uh, who is, and I've got a quote here, the Mondale Clinic was owned and led by a man who thinks and tweets this stuff. And uh, Evans Bitten retweeted the highly critical, or the, 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 the issue uh, tweets that were raised. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Prubish Mondale of the Guelph Med- Medical Imaging uh, didn't very much like having his business defamed with his own tweets. And he sued uh, Stephanie Evans Bitten and uh, her wife. The answer to which was: Was it defamation? Was it libel? If it's true, does that count? Yeah. So he claims it was defamation. He claimed six million dollars uh, in a combination of uh, damages and so on. And mm. uh, yeah. So anyway, this we were talking about it at the time. Like you know, you can't just tweet out homophobic stuff. And then get mad when somebody retweets it. Like, that's, yeah. you know, 
Do you remember that time you said this stupid thing? Yep. Hey, don't you tell me when I said stupid things. Well, no. How about you just don't say stupid things online? That's a really ne- good way of not getting it retweeted. And of course, it's the usual old, you know, argument. It, it, it doesn't count as libel or defamation if it's true. It could have been harassment if they had like printed it out and put it up all over town. If they had gotten people to, you know, uh, uh, spray things on their door. Like there, there's a way that you can go over the line. But if all you're doing is just retweeting, um, you know, like and subscribe, follow this guy. Uh, that's yeah, that, that's that's not crossing any lines. That's not harassment that's not abuse that's not any of that that's just using you know the platform as designed and uh the conclusion was the judge dismissed it didn't he yeah so justice justice m morgan uh ruled that it was considered fair comment Mm -hmm. literally retweeting some stupid stuff you tweeted yep and uh, said that it was really just he dismissed the whole thing, saying that it was a strategic lawsuit against public participation. Mm-hmm. Essentially, this man who owns this imaging uh, facility um, just tried to shut down his critics with six million dollar lawsuits. And the judge was like, no, that's not that doesn't fly in this country. Sorry, that guy. Um, See, th- this I, is why I stay off Twitter. Yeah. You know so what he actually said is. Uh, and I, let me find it here. Mr. Mondal jumped into the turbulent rivers of Twitter commentary with some vulgarly worded observations that touched the nerve with the defendants. And he goes on to say he got it back as good as he gave and he got wet in the process. Mm-hmm. It's like I say, if you don't want to, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. If you can't be held accountable for your own stupid tweets, get off Twitter. You know what I mean? Um the judge also dismissed a lawsuit against the Guelph family health team. The Guelph family health team had also retweeted uh, mm-hmm. the concerns raised, um, noting that they are committed to diversity, anti-oppression and inclusion. Um, yet again, with the same argument, you tweeted it to begin with. So it's kind of a you problem at that point. Yeah. If you're not sure, th- there's actually a, uh, a new cartoon that came out called Smiling Friends. And there's a moment in there that I really appreciated where one of the characters refused to wear a costume on Halloween. And he's like, you know, I don't know what's going to be offensive in 10 years from now. So I'm just not going to wear a costume. And everybody harassed him for it. And then at the end of the show, somebody got uh, killed and set on fire because of how his costume was misinterpreted. And on the one hand, you know, he, he was falsely misinterpreted. He was like, no, I really am just a wood demon. And uh, but anyway, it's a cartoon. But yeah, that that's my general approach is is if it's not something like um, I, I, I cooked this meal, doesn't it look good? Uh, today, I made the thinnest pupusas I've ever made, which is actually true. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. You know, that, that's probably fine. Otherwise, I don't know. I Here's the trick. Don't talk about other people. Just talk about yourself. You can't go offensive that way. Because if anybody says, I don't like what you said, you say, well, I was talking about myself. I can say whatever I want about myself. I am I am dead boring on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've got on the 27th of March 2020, which is the only time I tweeted in 2020, mm-hmm. I said, I'm curious how, quote, essential workers, end quote, are supposed to get to their essential work when OC Transport has eliminated, has eliminated their routes on Monday. And I, I tagged the local councillors and the local councillor 
reply to me saying that they stop the root eliminations. I primarily post once a year to complain about public transit. Like that is seriously <laughs> the gist of my Twitter thread. <laughs> oh man. I feel like that's how most people use Twitter. Just to once once every couple of months, once a year to complain about public transit. But yeah. I usually just follow thing. comedians. Twitter's a fantastic medium for, for comedy. You just get in there, one joke, you can do it in very few words, you're done. There you go, you get a giggle. Job much done. like my, uh, my, I'm not going to end that sentence. Let's much like jump... your sex life? Is that what you're going to say? I, no, I, I just, <laughs> I, okay. Let's jump to our first song. This is Loved by You by Johanna Days. And uh, we will be back just after this. I just want to be loved by you. Is your rhythm runs to me? Is your that you'd rather do But I just want to be loved by you Time's just running away on me I used to feel it so slowly Now it's running around me Maybe there was something that Welcome back to Cancre, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. 
My voice is on the ropes, so I apologize uh, as you listen to me braving my way through this uh, show. I love the show, so uh, we are going to commit to it. And uh, <laughs> yes, it will. The show will go on. All right. I have been uh, away for three weeks uh, with family in uh, southern Ontario. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I have missed during that time is me and Jake usually watch RuPaul's Drag Race together. Okay. You're not you're not the biggest fan. You're, I mean, I don't think we're necessarily the biggest fans either, but it's, <laughs> you know, I, I know that you're less of a fan than I am. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's a lot of, I mean, we, we've talked about some of the, the flaws of the whole thing before, that it, it's all based around a very specific type of drag. And if somebody comes in and does a different style of drag, they just, they bomb out right away. And you're like, they were fantastic. They just did a different style. Uh, or, well, you know, the it's unscripted television. So of course they're going to do something and then they're going to go back and film it again and be like, okay, this time react bigger. And you know, it, it's, or they'll, they'll put things out of sequence so that it looks like, you know, a genuine reaction to something that happened completely unrelated. And they put that reaction shot in the usual. It's TV. I mean, they're lying to you. That's it's kind of the, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mean to shock anyone, but, uh, but yeah, no, the, the Canadian one, I, I liked it because the, the uh, Montreal drag queens made me laugh. Yes. Rita, Rita Bega. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I really, uh, fantastic. <laughs> I really liked her. Yeah. So we know that uh, Jimbo and Lemon made it into the UK versus the world drag show, um, okay. which is the first international showcase where they're competing against each other, mm-hmm. uh, which has been really interesting. And Jimbo has uh, done quite well. Um, no more spoilers. I'm not going to tell yeah. any more about. From the past, Jimbo is the one that also went to clown college, like a drag queen yeah. with literal training as a clown, uh, which definitely comes out in the act and is uh, a very. Like I barely care about drag race. And when I first saw that, I was like, that is that captivated my interest for long enough for me to put my phone down and, and stop playing Mahjong. You should you <laughs> should look up on YouTube Jimbo Lunch Meat Clown. Oh my God. And, uh, it is it is his uh, routine from the variety show. And it is fantastic. It okay. is it's just clowning <laughs> and it is unlike any other jumping up and down and badly lip syncing that we've seen actually you know who one of the drag queens oh my god i'm forgetting her name bianca del rio got Mm -hmm. into some hot water recently okay and said that there are a lot of drag queens now um but not a lot of them have a lot of talent yeah no no and i think we're starting to see that you see that with a lot of reality tv shows Mm. especially like the so you know such a place has talent britain's got Mm -hmm. talent to the x factor that they're going around every single year, plumbing the depths for who is the most talented that week. And after many years, you kind of scrape the barrel a little bit. So yeah, I I do wonder if RuPaul's Drag Race is maybe starting to scrape the edge of the barrel for, uh, for where to go next. Like all the good drag queens have basically been on already. And yeah. or there are people who just would never want to go on the show because there are actually there are local drag queens who could compete and could probably at least last five or six weeks before getting eliminated. Uh, but they're like, there ain't no way I'm going on that show. You know, there, there's the, the, the pressure. It doesn't seem fun to them. They'd have to you know move to uh, the filming location for a few weeks. There's a bunch of reasons. But yeah, yeah, I, I get the idea of what you're saying. 
go on. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll keep it. I mean, I do think it is good to have Canadian talent showcased internationally. So we are obviously rooting for the Canadian queens. Uh, mm-hmm. We're on there. Um, my personal favorite is Pangina. So I have my fingers crossed to see how Pangina heals goes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll keep an eye out and see how that develops. Great to support uh, local talent. Actually, speaking of supporting local talent, Pride Toronto has announced uh, or co-announced with the city of Toronto with the mayor recently that um, they are moving back to in-person major events, including Pride Toronto, mm-hmm. as well as the Caribbean Carnival and the International Film Festival, the Toronto International Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, this is huge. You know, this is a big deal. This is, you know, Pride Toronto is the largest uh, Pride event in Canada. It runs June 24th to 26th. Um, the only thing that happens before it in terms of large events is the Doors Open Toronto event. Mm. So the Pride Toronto one is going to really be the, the, the test to see how the city manages in the new normal for a large event, um, because it's the first one on the roster in terms of uh, large outdoor festival. Okay, I'm trying to remember when um, when a uh, uh, Carabana happens. I think it's August first. Oh, okay, then it, yeah, it'll be a couple of weeks after. Okay. Yeah, and the salsa festival is June first to July thirty first. Mm. Actually, that is some slight crossover there as well as yeah. Course. Um, and the jazz festival is June 24th, July 3rd. So really that uh, end of June is going to be a, a happening thing yeah. in, the, in the city of Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, would you go, I mean, I think we talked about it before about outdoor pride in general. Yeah. But I don't know. Do, do you, would you go to Toronto pride again? Uh, I mean, I probably wouldn't, but that has more to do with the fact that it's commercialized to the point of not being fun anymore. Uh, and most of the really good events are the weird, small curated events. Like, you know, someone is doing, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, a, a dinner theater thing at a hot dog joint where you eat fries and, and pierogies. And then somebody does live theater musical, some, like something weird and off the wall. And you don't hear about it until weeks later. Um, I've, I've lucked into being at those events before and they, they are incredibly fun. But if you don't live in Toronto and you don't know the people running the event, you're probably not going to hear about it until two weeks later. Mm. Um, if I were to go to anything in Southern Ontario, that would be the Mustard Festival, which is actually in, in Hamilton. I think I mentioned it before. And it, it just, it, it's the, the Mustard Mill is in the same part of town that used to be the Jazz Quarter of Hamilton. So it's like, it, it, it's, it's Black History plus Jazz plus uh uh sausages and pretzels i mean that just that's a fun festival you you can't turn that down um but i don't know like um i like going to local prides more because i like the family picnic side of it the you know running into people you haven't seen in a while like i like that the events themselves uh you could take them or i could take them or leave them I, i think some of them aren't quite as fun as they used to be a lot of that's just me i've been to a lot of prides and i'm jaded uh, but you uh, jaded that me? that's very yeah. out of character very but specifically out of character. like even people in toronto have been complaining that the toronto pride events have becoming more and more corporate more and more sort of 
washed. I don't want to say whitewashed, but like clean washed. Like they're, they're not pink washed. It's pink. pink well, they're they're not raunchy anymore. They're not crass. Yeah, they're not. Pink washing is um, you know the the gay seal of approval for businesses. It's very family yeah. friendly, very clean, very loving, unity. Blah blah blah. There used Less to be this semi naked man in leather is really the vibe. Well, even beyond that, it used to be a thing in the, the especially when drag queens, the, this idea that if we didn't offend you, come back next week and we'll try again. And it's got that sort of John Waters, like subversive feel to it. And I, I don't feel like I'm subverted by basically anything. I anymore. think what would be interesting for 2022 is whether or not the nudists have a float at Toronto Prime. <laughs> and the reason why I bring this up is because under in, in Canadian law, as far as I'm aware, mm. um, you can only really be nude where you are expected to be nude or where there is an, expect, an expectation of nudity to happen. Of so nudity it's, acceptance. It's not like yeah. you have to be nude. It's just like, yeah, exactly. if, you're, like if you're in a changing room, you're yeah, the, the, the gym's washroom, you know, yeah. shower room, then yeah, yeah there's probably you're not going to get done for yeah. nudity in a in a shower. That's not going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there are some long-standing nudist beaches where there's always been an expectation to sort of argue mm. that no one is expecting nudists that are nudist beaches. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. And Toronto Pride finds itself in a unique position where it is the only festival that has ever had nudists. Yeah. So some people therefore expect the nudist. Yes. So there is an expectation of nudity. Since the 90s. <laughs> like exactly. you could say there's an expectation at this point in time. Yeah. I, I just hope more prides focus on local stuff. Like I know Toronto uh, attracts in a couple of years, literally millions of tourists to their, their yeah. pride events. I, I really I, do. I bring it up. I'm just going to wrap up my thoughts here because okay. I think whether or not the nudists are there is whether or not Pride is is trying to further clean its image. Oh, yes. And that, I think that's what you were talking about a couple of minutes ago, about that sort of sanitized feel of the, the Pride event. Yeah. And Toronto has been stuck with these nudists since like the early 90s uh-huh. because they can't get rid of them. But in the last two years, there's been no pride events and there's certainly been no nudist floats. So there's no expectation. uh, Yeah. So has the expectation changed? Hmm. And yeah, I would be curious if this is another step to sanitize the parade. Sorry, Mm -hmm. what were you saying? I just, I hope more prides focus on community building just for this year and next year. Partly because a lot of them, their coffers have been emptied out by not having a, a good revenue stream over the past couple of years. And community building events, quite frankly, they're just cheaper. And it, it would be a good way of having a couple, you know, this year and next year, having a few stable years of just, you know, refilling those coffers, trying to turn a little bit of a, a margin so that we can invest in the future. But also after a couple of years of no pride events, having events that are focused on not everybody with your beer, ignore each other and watch the stage, but everybody chat with everybody else in the audience. You know, it, it is interesting. At the start of this pandemic, I don't know if you can cast your mind all the way to the pre-Panny years. Good but, Lord. I mean, that's that's um, four score on a moon ago. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly, there are like two-year-olds that have never known a world before the pandemic. Yeah. But the point I was going to say is around the start of the pandemic, if you remember correctly, they were talking about the plague and how when the plague ended, it was like five years of frivolous orgies 
and mm-hmm. people like completely like had tightly wound springs mm. they were just let loose mm-hmm. and uh the result of that was was just people itching to 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 live life to the full after the plague yeah i am wondering if that's going to be our 2022 you know are we going to see people letting loose a little bit well the plague comparison the part of the reason for the the plague having that explosive aftermath was uh one third of the european population died so you had uh, basically a 50% increase in available wealth. So everybody instantly became wealthier. So that was part of it. Whereas we're kind of in a downturn right now, it's sort of a recession, if not a depression. It's and not, it's, it's not, by economist terms, we're not in a recession yet. And we're certainly not in a depression. But by the definitions of those terms, we're not there. But okay, you are right. right. There are cost of living increases. Yes. People feel like their their wallets are tighter now than they have been in the past. Yeah. Yes. So so the 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 economic conditions are very different. Um, so I, I I don't know. I mean, it will be huge parties, but I don't necessarily I don't necessarily think it'll look like that. There was such an abundance of wealth that there was an overabundance of used underwear, which created an overabundance of paper because uh, used underwear was processed into velum, not velum, that, that's skin, uh, parchment, uh, which made an overabundance of paper, which made, which led to book binding, which led to the Renaissance. Like the, the impact of, of the, the plague is actually quite astounding in the abundance of wealth. And just the fact that there was like worn down linen that had no use other than mashing it into parchment. Like it, it's, it was a fascinating period of history. It's very different, the, the abundance that was out there. Now what I think is probably gonna happen is we are gonna see something else. And it is a lot of things like, why do we have to commute two hours each way to go to work when, you know, um, actually, I was talking with the secretary uh, at my new job and, and we were talking about like sending files back and forth and uh, they just, no, it was my doctor's office. They, they didn't have to fax me anything anymore that they could just do it over the internet. And I said, it's 2003, welcome to the future. And she was like, yeah, no, we've been trying to get this changed for like 15 years, but people were resisting. So there, there's a lot of people basically being like, maybe we should update to 2003. And uh, that's a lot of what's been happening, that that has definitely had an impact on society. I think there's going to be a lot more focus on local people don't have to commute into Toronto or into Vancouver or into whatever local major city center anymore, because there is, you know, we have sort of embraced the fact that you can do things where you are again. And that's sort of like densification uh, post-war densification of North America, I think, is going to slowly drift back. I mean, that's that's great for gay communities because it means that, you know, we talk about the gentrification of gayborhoods. And mm. in that sense, what I'm saying here is, you know, the gay village in any one of our major cities is, you know, it's a hot place to be. It's a great place to be. Mm-hmm. So the condo developers buy up all the tech, all the land around it, knock over the buildings, and then set up a condo unit. Yeah, and now it's an incredibly expensive place uh, to to be, and that is not flippant. It has happened repeatedly across oh, yeah. the country. So allowing queer folks to gather in more suburban communities. And and build community where you are instead of mm. you know central in, in in the cities, 
you know, Canadians are very accepting now, I think, you know, despite yep. all of this churned up anger and this spotlight on the hate that has existed over the last few weeks. And mm -hmm. do I think that hate has always been there? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do I think that we've had it spotlit and shown to us to this degree? Absolutely mm -hmm. not. Well, the fact that somebody did a mean tweet is newsworthy. Whereas like 30 years ago would have been like, you know, a, a lesbian couple was set on fire. Like we've come a long way. The, the fact that what is now newsworthy 30 years ago would have been like, you know, at least they didn't glass you. Like at least they didn't ram your head through a wall. Like it's, it's a very, very different world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, unfortunately some violence does still happen in Thunder Bay there was a homophobic attack against a local coffee shop. A brick with a very uh, homophobic uh, letter um, was thrown through the door of an LGBT coffee shop called the Bay Village Coffee. Uh, the two gay owners of this have been astounded by the amount of support. Over 100 people gathered outside of the coffee shop uh, earlier in the week to support that local business, uh, mm -hmm. essentially saying, we're not here for this violence and homophobia. Uh, they actually auctioned off the brick that was thrown through the window mm -hmm. uh, and donated it to local health organization. So, yeah, if you're in Thunder Bay, uh, go check out the Bay Village Coffee. And uh, we wish all the best to Alan Forbes and Gary Mack. It's uh, a great story. For, for how that has developed. All right, we're going to jump to our next song. This is a great track by Amanda Room. I am a, a huge fan. This is All Sides of Me, and we will be back just after this. In between and out of place It's hard to tell when you see my face My spirit Bleeds, my heart aches. Where's my home, and will I find my way? Where is the bridge between all sides of me? It's hard. 
Welcome back to Cangri, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. Oopsies. And uh, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite places to go for afternoon tea, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, a, a British institution is afternoon tea. It's it's usually just very fancy tea in a nice tea set with a sort of uh, a, an array of beauty. people know what an afternoon oh, I've... tea is. When I lived in Hong Kong, I did high tea at the Hong Kong Hotel in Repulse Bay in a 120-year-old stone castle on the southern shores of the island. And it was a high tea. And you had to make an appointment. Absolutely. Uh, somebody and made the appointment for me, so but whatever. And some of them are great. I know that some of the, the biggest, most prestigious hotels, they have chefs on hand that you know can do a, a high tea service. The oh, like uh, the Ritz Carlton. They yeah. invented the peaches, not peaches, Jubilee peaches, Melba. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the the Lord Elgin in Ottawa, which you know, for the longest time was a gay cruising spot, was uh, also now does very good uh, afternoon tea, high tea. I, I did not know they did high tea. Yeah, it's it's very famous for it. Um, but on, one of my up. favorite places is the Moscow Tea Room. Uh, which is oh, yes. just okay. on Sussex. And it's sort of the bohemian theme. It's very like boho, very dark, mahogany, deep reds, plush surroundings, golden mirrors. It's it's very mm-hmm. sort of Tsarish Russia vibe in there. Also, not remotely Russian. Yeah, no. Yeah, so apparently they have been inundated with angry phone calls Terrible um, Yahoo reviews, um, mm. hate, literal hate mail. And the owners of the Moscow Tea Room, uh, Abis Mahmoud, and uh, and I think he works with a, a group of people, um, they've essentially said, look, we're not Russian. We, we, are, we just made the, at this point, critical mistake of calling it a Moscow Tea Room. Well, no, um, they, they call themselves a Moscow tea. First time I walked past there, I knew why. It's, they, they serve tea out of samovars. It's Russian-style tea, and samovars are also popular, I mean, all over the Middle East. They're, they're, they, they went out to India. You, that's you, like the metal teacup. That's the metal teapot. It's the giant tower that you kind of brew tea in, and it comes, it's sort of like a, a Oh, what's it called? The, the big thing that coffee comes in when you're at like a spaghetti. Dinner. It's like a carafe. It's like a tea carafe, but different. But the same general idea, giant pot of tea, massive thing. That's basic idea. That, that's what a samovar kind of, it's more complicated, but basically it's it's a giant tea carafe. Well, um, he is he's essentially pleading with people and be like, look, stop inundating me with, with, with hate mail. We're not Russian. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they, they said that most of their vodka is actually 
American because mm -hmm. so much vodka available in, in North America. Um, although Russian style or Russian named is not very often actually Russian. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, all you know, nearly all the vodka is uh, Russian and they're actually showcasing a Ukrainian vodka now. So yeah, I it's unfortunate, you know, people are genuinely upset about the fact that the Russians are uh, bombing people into oblivion. And I've been keeping an eye on the TikToks of people who are in the Ukraine and it's truly horrific what uh, what uh, these uh, what's happening over there. So we have a we have a range of stories here. Last week we featured Jamala, who was the 2016 Ukrainian winner for Eurovision. Um, it turns out that shortly after we had featured her song, the winning Eurovision entry, Jamala was actually fleeing the country. Um, so yeah, they they were forced by law to leave their husband, uh, her husband, and uh, their father in the Ukraine because they are conscripting to fight off this literal Russian invasion. Um, mm -hmm. So they had to leave. She had to leave her husband there and uh, take the kids and, and literally run for their lives. And uh, is we've seen this horrific uh, thing unfold everywhere. But yeah, it's just a small world that we were talking about, this amazing singer and, and how she showcased her culture to the whole of Europe and beyond, um, and is now fleeing for, for her life uh, as these Russians are continuing to, to uh, expand. Um, there was another interesting story. We talked about how the LGBT community and Pride Ukraine, uh, Pride Kiev, sorry, uh, is essentially saying, look, the LGBT community here, this is our country. This is where mm -hmm. we live. Mm -hmm. And many of them are stepping up to, to fight and defend themselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting. The Gay Times has a really interesting article. I suggest folks go and uh, check it out, where they interview several activists from the city of Kiev, Kharkiv, and uh, Mikolev about how the invasion is affecting them. And one of the things that really jumps out is like, this is our home. You know, mm. this is where we grew up. This is where we live. This is where the family lives. This mm -hmm. is our heritage. And uh, Putin just wants to take it. And he's going to kill everyone until he gets what he wants. So they're not leaving. They're not mm -hmm. running away. They've decided to stay and, and fight and, and defend their own lives and defend their own homes. Um, you know, they are literally fighting for their freedom yeah and i and i think that that's this is quite a jarring comparison to where we've seen that same argument made or that same uh effect made uh, in mm. the past where they are if they stay and they get invaded they may well be on a kill list from the mm. fsb uh if they leave you know how free are they when they've been forced out of their home to especially since ukraine is I don't know if it's the number one uh, Slavic culture country in terms of uh, acceptance of LGBTQ people, but I know that it is, if not number one, it'll be number two. It is one of the best places in terms of human rights and, and quality of life for somebody who is, you know, in the Slavic culture and also LGBTQ. And, and the fact that this space is being lost, um, I mean, there are neighboring countries that are doing pretty well but it's not the same and i mean if anything else i mean if you're forced to flee into 
I don't know, Romania or Bulgaria, you're, you're still not in your home. You know, you're, you're still, um, a refugee or you're, you're emigrating and it's, it's not the same as being free in your own homeland. So, I mean, yeah. Well, for 10 years, the Kiev and, and other cities in the Ukraine have had pride parades, Mm -hmm. you know, were all of them well-received? No. No. Were all of them rounded up, promptly arrested and tossed in jail for years? Not that either. Yeah. But that did happen in Russia. Yes. You know, and uh, yes. that's the situation. They're being invaded by a country that will actively oppress them and toss them in jail mm. for doing the same things that they were quite able to do in their own independent free country the summer before. And uh, yeah, it's quite horrific. But it's not just the Russians launching missiles and, and rolling tanks in through their doorstep. It's not just that. It's the fact that they are so busy having to defend themselves from the just the terrorism being brought by Vladimir Putin mm-hmm. that the the normal operation of the country is is in tatters. The uh, service center in Kiev, um, the let me the the let me get the name of the the LGBT human rights Nashmir Center. Um, had the door broken down by vandals and mm-hmm. they were Ukrainian vandals. They just took the opportunity. They knew that the police weren't going to respond because the police are currently trying to save the country from invading Russians. Mm-hmm. And uh, they took the opportunity to assault staff, steal from the offices and tear the place up. Um, you know, it's quite horrific. This This center is actually being a a hub of LGBT resistance in Kiev as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that this group is the same ones that found Russian soldiers hiding in a basement. Did you hear about that? I, I, I've seen multiple stories like that. I don't know if, I'm, if I read the exact one you're talking about, but I have seen like a lot of uh, uh, Russian POWs being taken and they're like, we literally don't know why we're fighting. We weren't told why we were just told to come here. And then other people who are defectors, other people who are draftees who don't want to be there. So I, I've read multiple stories of this general flavor um, of just, you know, Russian soldiers being like, we don't know why we're here or we don't want to, we don't want to yeah. hurt anyone. Like there, there's been a lot of that. The LGBT community was in Kharkiv that uh, found the soldiers in a basement. Okay. Um, I got the, the Kharkiv and Kiev uh, mixed up. They were talking to the Israel Hyman um, outlet um, mm. about that. But yeah, I mean, it is, it is truly incredible what is happening there and how much these people's lives are. You know, I just can't imagine one day being free to do whatever you're doing, go grocery shopping, Walk the kids, mm. hang out with your husband. And Did the you say walk day, the kids? Yeah, you know, whatever. And then the <laughs> next day you're invaded by Russians. Um, it's not uh, It's not great. Mm. I mean, the closest thing we've had in Canada is the FLQ. And it was pretty focused on Montreal and Quebec City. But still, I mean, mailboxes exploding, statues exploding, um, uh, uh, fires and and the foreign minister being kidnapped. No, not the foreign minister. The foreign minister's son being kidnapped. But that was in the seventies. You know, we we've had a pretty easy life in Canada since then. I mean, I'm I'm 
not old as dirt, but I'm starting to become as old as dirt. And even I am too young to remember the FLQ. So, I mean, it's, I don't think the FLQ is a comparison. I mean, no, no, no. But just in terms of your daily life getting. Yeah. Yeah. Thrown to the wind. Yeah. So, um, one interesting story that came out of this is the social uh, dating app called Romeo. Are you familiar with Romeo? I've I've heard of it. It was it used to be called Planet Romeo. Now they're just Romeo. Oh, okay, um, that makes sense. Very popular, and uh, they were. I just they, remembered the story that I read earlier. Go on. Okay, so Planet <laughs> Romeo um, is you know we mentioned before how Grinder got effectively kicked out of china yeah but in china blued is the most popular app in mm-hmm. in that part of the world well likewise in eastern europe it's actually romeo that's the most popular app and not grinder mm-hmm. uh, which i thought was quite interesting so what romeo did was um they have the equivalent of forums in their app mm-hmm. and uh they they essentially said, you know, here's a forum to see if anyone is able to accommodate um, these Ukrainians who are fleeing. Mm-hmm. So many of them are wives, sisters or mothers of the men that are being told to stay in and defend the country. And uh, that group grew by 8,000. And all oh. over Europe, there are people who are like, I'm in Belgium, I have a guest room. I can host two people mm-hmm. or I am in Berlin. I have an apartment with a spare room. I can host one. I have a double bedroom in, in Clermont Ferrand, France. And they are literally, it is overwhelming how many spare rooms and bedrooms mm-hmm. are being set up to accommodate the tidal wave of evacuees under mm-hmm. this Russian invasion um, you know, last I saw, and this would be a few days before broadcast, but over 660,000 Ukrainians have been forced from their homes because of this Russian aggression. And uh, yeah, this is just a small step to, to help house them. What was the story you found? Yeah, no, before we started recording, I was saying that there's a story I read earlier on the week, but because I'm, I'm brain foggy and headachey, I couldn't find it. Uh, and I just remembered what it was. And that is uh, British spies have been using Grinder to track the movement of Russian soldiers on the Eastern Front. And basically, the, uh, the Russian army is not quite as you know, squeaky clean as they like to believe themselves to be. Well, we knew that was true because the Russian women in in the Ukraine were using Tinder to catfish the Russian soldiers who were tindering whilst invading. I mean, that's a that's a mind leap. Well, and, you know, uh, they were getting their locations and reporting them back to the Rush the Ukrainian armed forces. I mean, that's just it's so nutty. But uh, I mean, the fact that it is a, a, a geolocating app does make things very interesting because it doesn't it doesn't have to track you to a, a given location it can track you to a field uh depending on the settings that are used and depending on whether or not grinder is willing to let you access that data which uh normally i would see that as a gross violation of privacy but in this case um i don't know there there, there could be a war measures act kind of thing to get that information no problem but it's i don't know it, it's you, you use the tools that you got, right? I mean, going back to James Bond, the, the, the classic types of characters that Ian Fleming based 
bond on. We're just people who literally just went in and asked questions of people who should have been more tight-lipped than they were. And it was literally just, you know, you asked the defense minister secretary, what was your boss doing last Friday? And she says he went to a cocktail party and then you go to the same cocktail party and now you can squeeze information out of him because he's drunk and willing to speak. It's the exact same thing now, but with dating apps. It's, it's, there's going to be a, a big old Gay James Bond using Grinder and Tinder to get state secrets. It's, it's nuts. It's so weird and modern. So there has been a, a, an interesting silver lining to this conflict, I suppose. I mean, we've got to take those where we can mm. find them because they are very far and few. Between. Oh, yes. Um, and that is, we talk a lot about the rush, the Chechen purge, where the Chechen government under Kadyrov uh, rounded up gay people mm-hmm. and uh, in some cases tortured them to give up the names of other gay people in the area. Mm-hmm. Well, the man behind uh, executing Kadyrov um, was a uh, Russian general. Actually, I think his name was, yeah, uh, what's the Russian general's name? Magomed Tashiev. I'm I'm not, not going to necessarily apologize for butchering his name because this man mm-hmm. is a is a beast. Right. Uh, but for people with similar names, I apologize. So uh, Tashiev um, was intricately involved in executing the uh, LGBT purge in Chechnya. Well, he also was uh, leading the 141 motorized regiment of the Chechen National Guard and was actively involved in the in the ongoing invasion of the Ukraine by uh, by Russia um and he has been confirmed killed so that's hmm. one less awful man on the planet i suppose and that's a follow up to a story that i had last week where i said there were rumors of this online and it's just it's been confirmed and uh uh, I, I I would rather him live long enough to regret his actions and then openly speak out against his own actions. But you know, this is okay too. Yeah, it's. I mean, it would be great if we lived in a world where Chechnya wasn't rounding up gay people and then assisting an illegal, violent, terrible um, mm. invasion. Well, on that cheerful note, I'm going to go drink some chamomile tea with some honey in it. And uh, we're playing out with the last track of the day. This is Let Go by Incendiary Sweet. I have been Liv Smith. And I've been Sebastian. And thank you for listening. <laughs>